to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome everybody to episode 102 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. Uh, welcome back to the show. We are here <laughs> doing the show. I'm going to start doing these intros from now on. <laughs> We're here with a very exciting just, episode. There it is. <laughs> Bring back a classic. People love it. People love it when I say exciting. Everyone's like, why doesn't Tony say exciting anymore? <laughs> he said it 99 episodes in a row. We've, got, we've gotten like millions and millions of emails about it, and they really want me to go back to saying uh, exciting. So I got to give the people what they want. I think you should start saying electrifying. <laughs> Uh, scrum trulescent. That's not a thing. <laughs> um, cool. So, how's it going, Taylor? Oh, it's going pretty well. Yeah. Haven't killed yourself yet. Not yet. Day, day's still young. <laughs> What's new? Nothing. Cool. Just killing time before the Royal Rumble. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, neat. Just filmed more for They Reach. Are you done now? Are you wrapped? Uh, yeah. At least I should be. <laughs> Silas calls me again. How'd it go? Uh, well, um, they uh, retooled some or retooled my s- death scene. Um, Spoiler alert. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Sorry, Silas. They know. They know. <laughs> um, no, I mean, when we shot it originally, it was all like one shot. You know, one camera one continuous shot and it was like to me it felt really one dimensional um like just not a lot of it, it wasn't very s- cinematic as uh, silas put it um and uh you know i it's funny because i actually <clears throat> knew we were going to reshoot it and so i was i started out started drawing out some storyboards because that's what directors really want is for actors to bring their own story yeah i've got notes um but I just figured showing him would be better than trying to explain it. <laughs> um, and was it? Well, I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't finish what I was drawing, and I, and I didn't show him what I had drawn. But he was showing me storyboards that he he'd drawn, and they were actually almost exactly what I drew. So we were on the same uh, wavelength. Nice. Um, but yeah, it was much more effective. I think um, I saw some of the clips, and they all looked really good um you know we took obviously a handful of takes for each angle um but i think we're gonna some good, some good some good stuff good yeah good and stuff. Uh, silas sent us all some some test footage of like the the opening minute and a half of the movie mm-hmm. and what he's got so far looks great yeah taylor likes it because he's in it yeah you get to see my butt <laughs> ain't nobody wants to see that not naked like just in pants. Just his narrow ass. <laughs> Do you have a narrow ass? <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, it was fun stuff. So, uh, <laughs> I'm shooting this scene where I like I come out of the bathroom and, um, like I'm supposed to look to see that a f- I'm like I hear a phone ring and the phone's not where it was when I passed it earlier. And so I'm like tracking this phone line down the stairs, but we're up in this tiny little um, area at the top of the stairs, you know, uh, where all the bedrooms and, and the bathroom are. 
And we're just trying to pack like five people into this tiny little space, um, you know, where somebody's not in the way of the camera or standing in front of lights. And it's just like, this is a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah. And it's like when we did my scenes, we were in this stonewalled basement. It was like probably the size of my kitchen here. (laughs) And, you know, you got four actors and then there's lights and microphones and cameras and dolly setups and all mm-hmm. kinds of shit plus you got the director and the sound people and then there's the the dps down there and the ad donkey puncher yeah donkey puncher and the assistant donkey puncher yeah so you got like you know 30 people shoved in this tiny little little area right plus there's a table and you know the table's just being difficult taking up space cody had to build the table Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, like, you know, I had to go. I explained this on the show before for my death scene. I'm in this closet that's actually supposed to be the entrance, you know, the door down to a basement. But in reality, it's just a closet. It's about six, maybe seven feet deep, um, and probably about two feet wide, um, and. Again, I'm packed in there with actually just one person this time. Um, but still, it's just like, <laughs> it's like I'm not a flexible person. I can't <laughs> cram myself into tiny spaces that easily. Um, but yeah, we made it work and it looks good. It's funny because I, I explained to you there, there's a scene where I'm supposed to get sucked into the closet and we shot it in reverse. Um, well, yeah, we shot the scene in reverse and, and it's going to, play back in reverse it's a double reverse <laughs> okay we filmed the scene in reverse how it's going to appear on screen and then you're just going to flip the footage yeah play it backwards right yeah gotcha um and that was a challenge because it's like okay we gotta i gotta map out how this is gonna look like i gotta think about how it looks forwards and then try to think about it backwards and you know after a few tries it actually looked pretty good so and it didn't look like it was running in reverse so that's that's important yeah i tried to be very conscious of like like how my hand was because i didn't want my hand to just be like (laughs) what do i do with my hands um yeah fun stuff filmmaking yeah but i'm done still no uh Date for you yet? Nope. Good. <laughs> you just got <clears throat> shit. <clears throat> I also smoked. Well, I didn't actually smoke them, but I went through like an entire pack of cigarettes yesterday. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I smoked like one or two of them just so I wouldn't get that head rush while I was trying to film. But for the rest of them, I just, you know, I lit them, took a couple puffs out of, off of them and just let it burn. But it's like, you know, it's still that stuff's like going up my nose and just, you know, getting in my throat. And so now my throat's just so fucked right now. Yeah, I, I'm supposed to smoke in one of my scenes, but it's I think it's literally just like I pull it out and light it. And that's about all I do with it. Mm. Don't look like an asshole that doesn't actually smoke because that drives me insane in movies. I promise nothing. <laughs> I know there's going to be at least one or two takes where I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Do we need to, do we need to go again? <laughs> <laughs> Was that good? Did we get it? Can you use that? <laughs> I tried to hold it in. That's yeah. the other thing is I'll, I'll be like. <laughs> is that noticeable? <laughs> For starters, don't pull it out of the pack and put it in your mouth like that. Nobody does that. <laughs> like this? Yeah, put it in your mouth like that. Like this? Or grab it by the end like and put it in like that. Like this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, you know, like that. <laughs> Use your whole fist. <laughs> like this? <laughs> That's another thing. Don't smoke it like that. Nobody does that. Except Jensen. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, they reach. Coming at you. Yeah, hopefully be done filming by the end of the next month. I know they're plugging away at things. That's that's the the idea. <laughs> I have no idea if they're on, on track or not. I get the impression they are, but I, I don't know. I mean, they still got to film the rest of my shit, so. Yeah. And I take forever. I'm the fucking diva. <laughs> <laughs> You're the fucking worst. All I know is for all the shit I put into this, all the blood, sweat, and tears, Size better give me a bigger fucking roll in the next movie. <laughs> anyway. Uh, cool. Yeah. I got a fun mas- mustache right now. Yeah, I don't know if you guys can see this on camera. Get this microphone out of the way. Look at this dumb thing on his face. This is awesome. Fucking Raleigh Fingers over here. I don't I don't get that. You don't, don't know who Raleigh Fingers is? Am I supposed to? Yeah, he was a pitcher with a famous mustache. Oh, that guy. Played for the Pirates? I think so. And the A's. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. I like this. I think it I think it makes me look distinguished. Yeah? You kind of got a Mr. Monopoly thing going on. <laughs> I'm gonna like now that I'm fucking finally done with the movie, I can grow my 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 chin muff out i think you should just like grow a full beard but then keep keep that you look like bobby fish i don't want to do that <laughs> no i'm just gonna grow like a van dyke it's gonna look elegant all right don't worry don't worry about it does your wife like it no she fucking <laughs> hates it she's like when are you gonna shave it off i'm like i don't know when i'm done with it <laughs> When it stops looking awesome. It's like, I don't tell you how to, you know, how to cut your hair or what color to dye it. It's like, I'm going to do my shit. I can't grow hair on my head, so I'm going to grow on my fucking face. <laughs> I'm going to do whatever I damn well please with it. <laughs> but yeah, I bought this mustache wax and I, th- I, I got this one specifically because I thought she'd like the smell, but apparently she doesn't. It's like eucalyptus and pine. That's nice. I think it's refreshing. But she doesn't like it. I think she just doesn't like the idea of the mustache, so she's just shut off from anything having to do with it. <laughs> Women are a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, so before we go any further, I want to thank some very special people, people that give us money every month, our Patreon patrons. And uh, those people are Kevin Nesgoda, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent. All right. Maybe not Jordan Morrison next month. Yeah, fuck him. Um, <laughs> Kevin Trent, Joshua Hodges, Carlos Rodella, The Horror Addicts, and Max Health. Thanks a lot, guys, for all your assistance with financing this dog and pony show. I'm the dog. Taylor's the pony. 
<laughs> Wilbur. <laughs> um, cool. So, if you would like to join join the party, uh, right. head over to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. You can get exclusive content, discounts at the Grave Plot Podcast merchandise store, uh, including free shit if you give enough, and uh, other just random fun things that we come up with. And hot nudes from Taylor. Hot nudes from Taylor. Why not? Taylor Dane. I don't know who that is. Uh, she sang uh, well, that song. Oh, her. Okay. I think she sang that song from Officer and a Gentleman. Uh, all by myself? No, that's not right. No, that was Green Day. <laughs> not that one. <laughs> no. All by myself. Did I, I really, probably really peaked. You probably peaked like a motherfucker. Fuck it. <laughs> It might have been that one, actually. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't even like that movie, so I don't, I don't fucking know. I mean, I could have gone more contemporary and said Taylor Swift, but... Nobody likes Taylor Swift. There's there's people who do. <laughs> They're dumb. <laughs> dumb people. <laughs> All right, so should we get on with the show? Let's get on with the show. On with the show, this is it. Yep. <laughs> um... Horror business. Yeah. <laughs> you guys see what I got to deal with? So my wife keeps catching our dog. My wife. <laughs> my wife keeps catching our fucking dog eating uh, like garbage, uh, but like like animal garbage like she keeps finding like chicken bones she just found him eating a fucking rotting fish head it's like where is this shit coming from it's not coming from us like i don't know if like other other animals like birds or something are dropping this shit in our backyard or if our fucking neighbors like throwing it over the fence or what but it's getting really fucking old (laughs) anyway horror business starting out with real world horror uh, we got to thank uh, our resident clown, Krusty Bumbles, for this story. Our official clown. Official Grave Plot Podcast clown. Uh, so, um, where is this? Um, Gross Point, Michigan. Is that Michigan? Yes. Okay. MI is Michigan. Right. Sometimes I, there are some state abbreviations that I forget. Yeah, like M O is Missouri. That's that doesn't seem right. No, that should be like Montana. But Montana's M T. Yeah, that's mountain. <laughs> that's mountain. That's just mount. <laughs> I don't say Montana Rainier. <laughs> um. Yes. So Arthur Rathburn of Gross Point, Michigan. Oh, gross! Like Gross Point Blank, that movie with the John Cusack. Yep. The, with the Q-Sack. That's what they call him. The Q-Sack. The Sack. <laughs> the Sex. Um, the Q's. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, so he was found guilty, or arrested, tried, and found guilty of something that probably doesn't happen very often. Um he had a, a little side business going on of renting human body parts um, to doctors. 
I mean, is that a thing? Do you I, rent body parts? Someone's got to do it, I guess. But do they? Do they rent body parts? I mean, he had a business. There was obviously a, a demand. I don't get it. But how do you rent? How do you rent body parts? Those seem like one-time use only type things. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't have an answer. Fuck. Um, Torso lightly, uh, lightly so. autopsied. <laughs> but it's like. If if you like say you've got a human arm and you rent it out to somebody and they return it, it's like this arm is in a state of decomposition. Yeah. It's gonna keep getting worse. Yeah. How do you continue to rent it out? It's not like a fucking well, Yeah, there's I mean there's definitely a window. Well, sure, but I, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. <laughs> Nor does he play one on a podcast. No. Uh anyway. But uh, yeah, so he was convicted of renting not only just human body parts, because apparently that can be a legitimate business. He was renting diseased uh, body parts. Um, And yeah. Wait, he was renting human heads. Oh, uh, let's see. Let me read through this a little more. Uh, So he would take cadavers and saw their heads off with a chainsaw. <laughs> Which seems like the most most logical tool to right. use. And then, yeah, rent them out to doctors. And I guess the biggest thing that people had a problem with was that they were diseased. I mean... I, I'd be a little more upset he was dismembering cadavers. Well, yes. Where was he getting the cadavers from? I don't know. I mean, maybe he was doing like a Birkin hair type thing, just grave robbing. I mean, that, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, he faces up to 20 years in prison for eight crimes. I mean, God knows if that's all he did, but um, one of those includes wire fraud and illegally transporting hazardous materials. I feel like wire fraud is probably the least of the charges. Right. <laughs> It's like, is nobody paying attention to like the the uh, desecration desecration of, of a corpse? Yeah. Um, I mean, if these bodies were donated to science, you know, that's one thing, I guess. But it's like, is he, I mean, are these legit like cadavers, or is he just cutting up dead people? Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, from January twentieth, two thousand seven to December two thousand thirteen, um, he and his wife ran a corrupt body brokering company called international biological inc um so clearly it's a thing i guess science is weird man (laughs) science is fucked up uh they hid the fact that they often bought diseased bodies at bargain rates and made thousands renting renting individual parts that they knew to be contaminated with hiv hepatitis and other diseases okay uh, I mean, I can understand that. Ain't nobody want to mess around with HIV. Yeah. <laughs> or hepatitis. And you don't want to be like cutting open someone and, you know, having their blood everywhere and then like finding out they have AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> it's only funny if you know what you, <laughs> if you know what you're referencing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um. Yeah, so uh, Arthur and his wife Elizabeth uh, are Elizabeth. (laughs) I'm coming. (laughs) This is the one. (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> God damn it. Uh, they're waiting sentencing, which is expected this spring. Why are they waiting so long? If they've been convicted, fucking sentence them now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, is there really any debate? Like, as, as far well, as why can't they, they be should... sentenced at their hearing? I know. I don't think that's very standard. I mean, I think it happens sometimes, but I don't know. I'm not a law guy, and I only speci- uh, specialize in bird law. Right. <laughs> so, I, I only specialize in um, uh, 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 shit. Fucked yep. up the joke. He specializes in shit. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Maritime no, law. No, my luck. <laughs> no, my luck. I specialize in maritime law. That's what I was trying to say. Oh, Cherith, cute story. <laughs> nice to see you again. I'm a, I'm a pirate doctor. <laughs> or a doctor. lawyer. Pirate lawyer. Anyway. Lawyer of the sea. So the moral is don't sell diseased heads to anyone. Yeah. Maybe we just... Stay out of that business because it's creepy. <laughs> All right, so if there's one franchise that we know everyone has been clamoring for another sequel to, it's the Saw movies. Who have you been talking to? <laughs> Brad Miska over at Bloody Disgusting, oh. who uh, enjoyed Jigsaw. What, dude? That guy's drunk. <laughs> like, I don't. I don't know what's going on with him. I. Uh, that's only. He's one of only two people I've seen who actually enjoyed that movie. Oh man, I read this review the other day. Yeah, I that's won't. the other one. <laughs> huh? That's the other one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. Just this glowing review. It was like, just like, this movie is so good. So good. And it's like, what fucking movie did you watch? This was like bad for even a Saw movie. Yeah. Uh, but the reason I bring up Mr. Miska is that he is reporting that Lionsgate is having a, quote, conversation about making another Jigsaw movie. Now, that's how he phrased it, another Jigsaw movie. Mm. So I don't know if that means Saw 9 or Jigsaw 2, or Jigsaws. I don't want it to be anything. Or Jigsaw. I wish I could say, like, oh, I wish it was the one where Jigsaw died, but that was the second one. <laughs> He's been dead forever now. Yeah. Um, or was third one. I don't know. It's, it doesn't matter. They're all the same. I think it was the end of the second one. Whatever. The end of the second one, he was, like, at death's door. So it was. I think it was kind of implied that he died. She's a death star. <laughs> it's kind of implied that he died after that movie. But yeah. um, the good news is Michael and Peter Spearig, who directed Jigsaw, will not be returning to the That's director's a plus. chair. Uh, Jigsaw did make over a hundred million dollars worldwide. So that's because it was a Saw movie, it had name credibility, and that's it. Plus, it was the first one in like what seven years or something. I wish they calculate these these box office numbers by how many people want their money back. Because <laughs> I think that they'd probably make like I don't know a thousand dollars. That's the thing is they the, like, especially for making sequels, such a huge part of their 
decision making is how much money did it make? Yeah. And then they make a sequel and the sequel bombs and they can't figure out why. And it's because you you're looking at raw money numbers for something that people were curious about. Yeah. Then they didn't like it. You make another one. They're not curious anymore. Right. They're expecting not to like it because they didn't like the first one. Yeah. I mean, if you want honest numbers as far as sales, you need to look at home mini- um, home video. Yeah. Which, you know, I know it's harder to do nowadays because of uh, piracy. But it's like, if you want something to, to see like where the genuine interest is, that's what you have to look at. Because you can't go on box office numbers. Because... Sure, I mean, incorporated in that are people that are going to see it a second, third, however many times. But it's like, how many people actually saw it that many times? How many people actually enjoyed it? Yeah, I like, I paid for it, and I fucking hated it. Yeah. It, like I said, if I could get my money back, I would. Because it sucked that bad. Yeah. Like, I want to go kick the Spearigs in the dick. <laughs> in their In their respective dicks. Kick their dicks off. I mean, this is something we've talked about before, but like the first saw is so good. And then from there, they just kind of more and more started buying into their own formula. And you know, the thing about the first saw, it was good when it came out. If you go back and watch it again, it's not that good. Really? I mean, have you watched it in the last few years? No. It's, it's once the, once the surprises revealed it's like it doesn't really hold that much value i could see that it's two guys that aren't very good actors in a room together talking shit about carrie Ols right now yes i mean i love that's despero man (laughs) i love him in princess bride man and you know and psych but pretty much everything else he's in is garbage (laughs) maybe that's not his fault i don't know but he really seems like a bad actor and well, Lee Wanell is not a good actor. Nobody's hilarious in Cooties. He is. But I th- I think his character is covering up his bad acting. Yeah. But yeah, like as the sequels wore on, it just became more and more about the traps, less and less about the story. Yeah. And then the ending was, and it's Philip, the pizza delivery boy from earlier in the yeah. story. And you're like, who? What? What yeah. happened? Who is this? Why? Oh, right. Now I get ten, 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 and you're gonna recap the whole movie for right. me. And so I, and explain to me who this person is because I don't remember who they are or care. Yeah. Or it's like you know, the, was it the last one, um, before Jigsaw? You find out it's that cop. But it's like, okay, I already knew that. Was it? Was I supposed to be surprised? Was this supposed to be a big reveal? Because I already knew it was him. And I mean, there's been rumors around forever that they want to like eventually make Carrie Yule's character the killer. Isn't he dead? Hey, he sawed off his leg and ran away. You know, never saw him again. Well, she popped up in another movie, didn't he? Did he? I thought he did. I don't know. But I could have sworn he died in that one. <laughs> Jigsaw died in part three and he's still around. So Good point. <clears throat> I don't know. The whole trick to the to Jigsaw was dumb. <laughs> Did you listen to the horror show review? No. Of it? They were talking oh, about... Wait, wait you sure it was the horror show? Yeah. I mean, I must have, but I don't remember it. They were talking about how Jigsaw never actually kills anybody. And so the cops... In, in the first movie, the cops are just like, what can we do? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can arrest him for conspiracy. Yeah. You know, you know, like they did with Charles Manson. Yeah. 
False imprisonment? Something? Yeah, there's plenty of plenty of things you can get him on. Yeah. That, I mean, they did, they did that in the first one, too. It's like, That's well, what I'm talking about. Oh, I thought you were talking about Jigsaw. Oh. I, you you I was, said Jigsaw. Did I, you mean I said, Saw? I said the first one. I could swear you said Jigsaw. Play, rewind. Play the tape. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Hold on. It doesn't fucking matter. Um, yeah. That was... That's one of those things where if you go back and watch it again, it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. And it's like... And then Danny Glover is this... He's a cop, but he's also a stalker. Right. He's a crazy cop. Which, you know, is always fun. Especially when it's Danny Glover. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's getting... Riggs! <laughs> he's just... You know, he's just getting too old for this shit. Aren't we all? He's too old to, to work with Mel Gibson, he's too old to fight predators. He's too old to chase serial killers. Well, I tell you what I'm too old too for, old to... and that's fucking Saw movies. Yeah. So let's talk about something else. Okay. All right, Grave Plot Podcast favorites, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost have started a production company. That's not new. Huh? That's not news. Right. Is that what we reported on before? Yes. Okay. And, we, and their movie. Right. Okay. Anyway, so that same old production company um, is... Uh, Stolen Pictures. Right. Uh, they're starting uh, work on a new TV show. It's going to be called Truth Seekers. Uh, it's a half-hour comedy horror about th- a three-person paranormal investigation team. Isn't this based... I mean... Doesn't that kind of sound like that movie with... Uh, or that show with uh, Adam Scott and Craig Robinson? Ghosted? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. Okay. Whatever. It'll probably be funnier because... Well, that probably won't happen. Probably won't happen. So, okay. Anyway, um, each installment of Truth Seekers will focus on a paranormal incident, a setup with a clear monster of the week potential, or wait, a setup with clear mo- monster of the week potential. Um, Simon Pegg said uh, each episode is going to be an adventure, a potential haunting or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, Simon. Um, It'll start as a very pay, uh, parochial. I don't know that word. I don't think I've ever seen that word before. It'll start as a very parochial idea, a very small business venture for these people relating to a church parish. Okay. Is that what he meant? <laughs> I don't know. A very small business venture for these people, but it will expand as the series goes on to be something far more global. It's a language everyone understands. The mystery of the unknown. Uh, Shaun of the Dead was a very parochial story. What? I I, I don't think that word means what he thinks it means. (laughs) (laughs) You keep on saying this word. Um, Shaun of the Dead was a very parochial story set in North London and somehow managed to get this global reach because everyone understands the 
language of zombie movies. It's like maybe provincial or something. I don't know. So, ghost stuff. Apparently, apparently it also means having a limited or narrow outlook or scope. That's probably the, the definition he was using. That makes more sense. Those definitions have nothing to do with each other. No, they don't. Um, so this is something different from them. I mean, they've definitely ventured into horror and sci-fi before, but they never really touched on like ghost stuff. That's true. So that could be interesting. Um, I mean, I'd really love to see them in it. And like I said, I don't, I know it's not I would think happen. there's probably gonna be a cameo at some point. I, I mean, that would be nice. A little something, a little something, something, Just a little, little tease. It's a little, little thing. <laughs> <laughs> She's a, you know like a little tease, a little just a little nipple, a little, little thing, <laughs> just a tip. <laughs> We're so dumb, hella dumb. Why do you people listen? <laughs> stop listening to us, so we can. No, stop. don't stop listening to us, <laughs> so we can stop doing this. <laughs> um, excite? Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. I mean, you know, I I love Peg, I love Frost. I uh you know, I do wish that uh that Wright Taylor, was involved. Taylor loves pegging. <laughs> yeah. Frosting sounds like it would be a thing too. It's like similar to snowballing. <laughs> or bukkake. She frosted me like a fucking chocolate cake. <laughs> Which would probably happen after pegging. <laughs> yep. I am so sorry. Just <laughs> <laughs> took a turn. But no, I I enjoy uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost's work. Like I said, I wish Edgar Wright was involved in some way, but he's you know moved on to baby driving. <laughs> right. Yep. So yeah, I mean, you know, could be cool. Yeah. You yeah. know. Brilliant insight, as always, Tony. <laughs> I, I wonder if it's going to be uh, like a, a British show or if it's going to be Americanized or, or what. I mean, they'll probably make it for like BBC and then, you know, they'll they'll remake it with Will Sasso. <laughs> <laughs> like they tried to do with space. Not again. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen the American pilot for Spaced, it is awful. It is one of the worst things I've ever seen. Yeah. Except it's got uh, Sarah Rue in it, and she's a cutie. Is that the redhead? Yeah. Yeah. She's a cutie pie. But they just tried way too hard. Yeah. They they tried too hard to incorporate things from the original space, and yeah. it just didn't work. That was the thing about, tran- like, getting off subject now, but the thing about translating a, a British, not only just a British show, but a show like Spaced is that you can't just carbon copy it because there are um, it's so deeply rooted in in pop culture that you have to make sure that you're appealing pop culture to an American audience, not to a British one. And granted, a lot of stuff in this in Spaced had you know just international pop culture. References, sure. but Star Wars and yeah, whatever various horror movies, but um, I don't know. Just the characters themselves were very British. 
Yeah. And you can't just copy that over. You can't copy and paste. You have to make them their own characters. Right. And they just really didn't do that in in the American attempt. And there's just there's something about Simon Pegg and um and uh Julia uh, Stevenson? Jessica Stevenson. Jessica Stevenson. Um just something about them together. Their chemistry. Yeah. yeah. Um just it would be something very hard to recapture in anyone else. <laughs> anyway. That being said, if you haven't watched the original spaced, definitely do that. <laughs> if you haven't done so, do, do so. Do, do so. Do it. And I mean, you'll see all the inspirations for Shaun of the Dead. You know, uh, Edgar Wright's directing style just maturing as the show goes on. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, the thing, the difference between British TV and American TV is, you know, American shows will go on for fucking ever. As long as stu- the studio thinks they can keep making money off of it, they'll run it for, you know, 10 seasons like friends. Um, but, uh, British shows, it's like they tell their story and they're done. Exactly. I mean, each season of space was six episodes and they weren't like hour, hour and a half long episodes. They were half an hour. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, a total of 12 episodes, that's the entire show's life. And they cut it off because they, yeah, we, we we're done. Yeah. Different strokes guys. America just, just shows that American greed. Anyway, America first. <laughs> Fuck me. So we all know that uh, uh, Godfather of the Dead, George Romero. Passed away last year, and we also know that his he did. <laughs> what? Nobody told me. Uh, we also know that his son Cameron Romero is planning on continuing the family, uh, the, the family business, with uh, oh god, what's it called? Genesis of the Dead. Mm, yeah, that sounds right. I feel like he changed it though, and it's something different now. But anyways, uh, his daughter Tina Romero is now getting into the family business. Uh, she's working on a short uh, miniseries or web series with none other than Mr. Tom Savini. Uh, it's going to be a anthology with different directors in, uh, on every episode. Tina Romero is going to direct one episode. Tom Savini is going to direct one episode. Robert Tennell, who directed Surf Nazis Must Die, will direct an episode. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Uh, according to Savini, you can't reveal too much, but prepare yourself for magic tricks, violence, revenge, and horror in the style of a silent film. What? Those things don't go together. I mean, it's, I guess the, the, the curveball is a silent film. And the magic tricks. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. I feel like he probably shouldn't have led with that one. <laughs> I'm very confused. <laughs> Uh, but on top of that, Tina Romero is also making a feature-length film. Care to guess what it's about? Um, I'm, I'm seeing what it's about. It's about zombies. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be called Queens of the Dead. 
This is not about Queens, New York. This is not about the New York Mets. Not about Queens of the Stone Age. Not about Queens of the Stone Age. And it's not about the royal queen. The royal we. Yes. Uh, Tina Romero says that Queens of the Dead is a fusion of two huge parts of my world. Zombies and gay nightlife. It's a tribute to my father as well as my entree into the, I think she means entry, uh, <laughs> into the genre he grandfathered. I can't say too much yet, but what I can tell you is that this film will have all the hallmarks of a George Romero classic. Farce, politics, heroes, assholes, and most importantly, herds of silly and slow-moving walkers that you can't help but love. You missed the point of your father's movies. Yeah. But I'm doing it Tina style and bringing the glitter, choreography, queers, and queens. This sounds so dumb this kind of sounds like a child cashing in on their last name yep uh tina romero is apparently a dj dancer and filmmaker so she's now she's now a filmmaker yeah, now a filmmaker um yeah i don't know about this this sounds awful like what the fuck i mean what the fuck does does gay nightlife have to do with zombies well, the description of the movie is that it will depict the zombie apocalypse seen through the eyes of the patrons at a drag nightclub. Which, I mean, if you look at you know you look at George's movies, each one is, has a central location. You know, Knight had the farmhouse, Don had the mall, they had the bunker, so they all have this one central location, and apparently hers is a drag nightclub. But why? <laughs> I I don't know. I just like what what purpose does it have? I mean, with that kind of premise, it's like if you want to make a movie that is gay positive and has a political statement about gay rights, fine, by all means. But what, what, in what way can you put that into a movie without just ham fisting it? I don't know. <laughs> it's like it just sounds like she has some kind of agenda that that is just completely out of context. So it'll what you're saying is it'll fit right in line with George's second trilogy. Yes. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> more more power, power to you then, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. know. I mean, like I said, it, it kind of sounds like a child just cashing in on their famous last name. And I, I mean, for all I know, that could be what Cameron's doing, too. I know he wants to make a prequel to Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, and that movie sounds dumb, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, they just need to stop. Both of them. Just let it go. And then you've got his, uh, George's old DP is making Road of the Dead, which is going to be George's next movie. Yeah, and I've made clear my feelings on that. Oh, yeah. It sounds dumb as hell. It sounds like a cartoon that I would have watched when I was seven years old. <laughs> Oh, it's a zombie race car. So cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't understand. Because when I hear this, I picture it as a comedy movie. Yeah. And I, I honestly, I mean, I can't even I can't even fathom how it's not a comedy movie. And none of the mov- the dead movies were comedies. So what the fuck? I don't know. I guess we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. I'm so upset it's... about this. And I'm upset because I know being upset makes me sound like a gay basher, but it has nothing to do with it. <laughs> well. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just going to leave it alone. 
probably probably a good idea. <laughs> So, um, Jermaine Clement and is it is Taika Waititi involved in this too? Yes. Um, they are moving forward with a pilot order from FX to do a What We Do in the Shadows TV show. I'm with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally into this. Um, it's going to follow the premise of the film uh, as a, a mockumentary style thing. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm picturing like The Office. That's what I that's my first thought too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, if you're not familiar with the movie, we reviewed it. Uh, we reviewed it. Right? No, we didn't. We didn't. We never did. I could have sworn we had. I don't think so. I feel like you had it on the calendar for an Octoberama, and then replaced it for some reason. I don't remember. I don't think we've reviewed it. Oh well, whatever. We should. Well, we could do that. We could do it this October. Yeah, you know. They can't hear you shrugging. <laughs> um, yes, so FX is given a pilot order. That's a half going to be a half-hour comedy. <clears throat> um, Jermaine Clement is attached as a writer and EP. Um, and Taika Waititi is set to direct. Oh, and EP. You know, for him to step back and do TV after just coming off and doing Thor, that yeah. seems like a step backwards i guess i mean this is his baby i was just gonna say returning to his roots um but yeah okay so uh kevin novak or kevin i don't know matt barry natasha dimitrio uh and harvey guillen i think guillen uh are set to star uh no novak will play nandor the head vampire of the house uh barry is playing laszlo the goofiest in the house uh, the type of vampire turns into a bat and flies into a wall. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, Demetrio plays Nadia, the badass female vampire at the house. And Gillian uh, is believed to play Nandor's assistant. So, um, you know, I was really hoping that the next thing they do with this was We Are Wolves. But I know. That's been bouncing back and forth with, like, every time there's... You know, there's a new rumor about it, and then it just kind of goes silent again. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know what the status of that is. Just fucking do it, man. But yeah, uh, but no, I'm excited about this. It's interesting that it's going to be an FX show, considering it's a New Zealand movie. Yeah, <laughs> with New Zealand actors. Well, because they were making the they were making a spinoff of it for New Zealand TV. I don't know if that's still supposed to happen. I don't know. I don't live in New Zealand. New Zealand. Oh, do you not? No. Clue you in a little secret in my life. <laughs> um, Tony, not a Kiwi. Nope, never been. Never in my life. Never been a Kiwi. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm shocked right now. I, I just, I can't I like believe I'm, it. I feel like I'm meeting you for the first time. <laughs> uh, I know that you know the first time we met, I was doing that New Zealand accent, and yeah, and then you like you did it for like four years. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So you're into this? Yeah, I'm hoping that it gets picked up. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, 
I think the, the style lends itself to TV like perfectly. Yeah, and I think it fits into FX really well. Yeah, the 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 kind of TV that they make, kind of humor, and you know, with with uh, Always Sunny seeming kind of like it's maybe on its way out. It's got at least two more seasons. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, they signed a contract for two more seasons. Yeah, but people get out of contracts all the time. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've got Caitlin Olsen doing the Mick and um, um, what's his face? Glenn uh, Howerton. Glenn Howerton doing that new show on NBC or is it Fox? I think it's NBC. Um, and, you know, Charlie Day is doing movies left and right. I don't know what the fuck. Um, uh, Mac. Mac. <laughs> Why can't I remember his real name? Rob McElhenney. Thank you. Um, I don't know what the fuck he's doing. And just hanging out. Well, they got a new show coming out too. That they're producing. Who? The all three of them. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Didn't know that. The Cool Kids, I think it's called. Oh, I think it has Danny Glover in it. <laughs> awesome. It's Rigs. about uh, like three elderly men at a uh, retirement home, and they're like they're like the the they're the youngest of the old people, so uh-huh. they're like the cool new kids. Neat. Um, but yeah, so I mean, not really knowing if um, Always Sunny is coming back, they're definitely going to need uh, you know, a good heavy hitter for comedy to replace it. Yeah. So I think this has the potential. Um, like you said, you know, Taika Waititi is, is directing the pilot, so that's, you know, you got a big name attached yeah. right there. I wonder if he's going to be in it. I don't know. Because, I mean, he's he's in the movie. Or actually, you know, it doesn't even say Jermaine Clement's going to be in it. No, he's just writing and EPing. Right. Hmm. Curious. Indeed. I, can't, I mean, I kind of want their characters to be in it. That, that's what made the movie so funny. Well, again, I'm sure they'll probably cameo. I hope so. I hope so, Taylor. <laughs> this is going so well. Anyway, let's let's talk about something else now. All right, we saved the best for last year. Uh, oh yeah! Oh yeah! I don't remember if it was. I think it might have been in episode 100. We talked about how Mike Flanagan had just directed Gerald's Game, and was discussing if there Ger- was Gerald's Gerald Gerald's Game Gerald's Game Gerald's Game, and uh, he they were asking him if there were any other Stephen King movies he wanted to do, and he was like, oh, "I would love to do Doctor Sleep." Wasn't there another one he wanted to do too? Yeah, some one that neither of us had heard of, and Stephen King was like, "Yeah, that one. Yeah, do that one." Uh, well, he's not doing that one. He's doing Dr. Sleep. Yeah! Yeah, buddy! Uh, Do- Dr. Sleep is a 2013 Stephen King nog- noggle. Noggle. <laughs> it's a novel that picks up uh, the life of the, the... Who wrote this? The Red Rum Kid. <laughs> I think... Um, oh, I read... Uh, shit, who wrote this? That's what I just asked. Oh, I, I think maybe it was Flanagan. All right. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Well, yeah, it describes, Somebody wrote it. It describes Danny Torrance as the red rum kid. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, that's what his friends call him. 
from The Shining. He's now in his 40s. He's struggling with the same demons of anger and alcoholism that plagued his father. You know, you have read this, correct? Yes. And you loved it. It was so good. Uh, like, like, I didn't know Stephen King had it in him to write a book like that. Actually, that's not true. Eleven twenty two sixty three was really good. Um, but, you know, you think, oh, Stephen King's writing a sequel to one of his greatest novels ever. It's like, that's probably Prepare for disappointment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it was amazing. It was, it was so clever. Um, and is, is the Overlook Hotel involved at all? No. Well, sort of. Flashbacks or... Um, there may have been flashbacks. I don't quite remember. Um, but in the time since The Shining, the Overlook's been demolished. Oh, okay. and so what they've done is they've actually built this observation deck. Basically, there's this long staircase that goes up the hill, and there's like a, a place where, um, it, where you can just view the mountains. It's just it's just an observation deck that they've instead of replacing the hotel, they've just built this thing. And it part of the story takes place there, but the hotel itself oh, okay. is not there. Um there are obviously flashbacks and, and references to characters in the overlook, like the the, the ghosts. Um but no, it, nothing actually takes place in the overlook itself. Gotcha. <clears throat> So Flanagan's going to be uh, rewriting a script that was originally adapted by Akiva Goldsman, who I don't I don't recognize that name from anything. Oh, I mean, I recognize the name, but I can't think of anything he's done off the top of my head. Um, looks like he wrote A Beautiful Mind, and I Am Legend, and The Dark Tower. Uh-oh. Uh, good thing he's <laughs> getting, re- getting rewritten. Um, I mean, that would concern me. Because apparently a dark tower just completely missed the missed the mark. Yeah, um, I haven't seen it because I heard it was just awful, and I haven't read the dark tower anyway. But the fact that Gerald's game was very well done and conceived, um, and very close to the story in the book, um, I mean, save for a, a couple couple things here and there. Um, the fact that Flanagan's rewriting something for this, it, it makes me think he's going to be a little more faithful to the book itself. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, just a little more backstory on Dr. Sleep. Uh, basically, you know, you flash forward uh, 30 years or so, uh, maybe maybe 40, I don't know, um, and Danny Torrance has grown up into into, into a grown man, you know, middle aged man. Um, actually, I guess there are two periods. Like one, I think there's a, a part where it kind of focuses on him, um, maybe like in his early mid thirties, somewhere in there, and then it kind of jumps forward again, um, where he's in his early to mid forties, somewhere in there, middle aged. Um, and he's basically just struggled his entire life because as he's grown as he's gotten older he's had a harder time because his 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 shining has become so overwhelming that he's just haunted by the things that went on in the in the overlook like he's still seeing um ghosts from 
the overlook, it's almost as if they followed him. Um, and so he's, he's basically tried to self-medicate with booze and drugs. Um, and he's just carried on like that for years. Um, he's finally kind of gotten a hold on himself. He's cleaned up a bit. Um, and now he's taken a job at a, um, hospice center where he uses his shining to help ease people into death. You know, as they're dying, kind of project images of, you know, good memories of theirs and, you know, people they love. And he gets this name, Dr. Sleep. So he is Dr. Sleep. Um, meanwhile, there's this little girl, Dr. Happy Sleep, <laughs> Dr. Chamomile Tea. <laughs> Um, meanwhile, there's this little girl who also has a shining. She shines. She shines. <laughs> um, and she, she is, a she has a more powerful shine than Danny ever did. As, as he's gotten older, his shine has started to kind of fade a little bit. Um, but hers is like immensely powerful. You know, you, you can remember how, um, uh, Haller, uh, Dick Halloran. I was gonna say, it's almost like he's becoming Dick Halloran. Pretty much. Yeah. And- but you can remember Dick Halloran saying what a powerful shine Danny had, how he'd never seen anybody with that strong of a shine. Now, Danny is saying that this girl, um, shit, what's her name? Ah, I can't remember. Damn it. I say it's like. It's 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 a weird name. It's like not something you typically name someone. Abra, right? Um, is her last name Cadabra? No, but I think that's her nickname. Um. Anyway, so yeah, this girl Abra, she um has a shining that's stronger than Danny's ever was, and she picks up on these this group of gypsies basically <laughs> they're just you know they travel around the country in these in these trailers like you know like a band of gypsies um and uh they are shine vampires basically they find people with the shining and suck their en- essence out of them and like they they turn their essence into smoke and inhale it and these People die, and they're always kids, or usually kids. Anyway, so she contacts Danny through The Shining to come help her, and so they start working together. And they actually don't even meet until like much later in the book. It's always it's like through messages sent through The Shining and um, working just in collaboration. You know, like almost through the distance of the country. I think I think they're like on. Just very separate uh, locations. Um, yeah, I, I'm starting to go on and on, but yeah, it's 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 an amazing book. Uh, it it keeps the theme of The Shining, but kind of gives it new life. Um, expands the the mythology and the lore, I guess, of The Shining into something new. And it's just an amazing book. And I'm really fucking excited that they're going to make this. And are you? You're, are you happy that Flanagan is the one doing it? Yeah, I am. Um, I mean, 
I, you know, I like his movies, and he did an amazing job with Gerald's game. Um, it was really good. And it's like for for a movie that takes place in almost entirely one room, uh, that sounds easy. But to make it interesting, something that something that people aren't going to turn off, you got to be really creative. And I think he did a really good job. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, and you know, Hush and Oculus and um, Ouija, the second Ouija. Yeah, actually, didn't finish that one. Then before I wake, I think just hit Netflix too. I haven't watched that yet. I know the title. I can't think of what it is, though. It's one that was supposed to come out like seven years ago or something, and oh. it's been bouncing around purgatory. Well, then. Uh, anyway, yeah, so I'm really happy about it. I'm, I'm really hoping it's good, because um, if it's not, people are going to bitch. <laughs> well, people will bitch regardless. That's true. Okay. All right, so that's going to wrap up horror business. Yeah, it is. Let's. Uh, shall, we, shall we move on to some movie reviews? Yeah, let's do it. All right, as as per usual, we got the two movie reviews. Reviews, reviews, reviews. No, just two. Right. So uh, let's kick it off with an independent feature called Bad Apples. Now, you may be used to certain teaching methods back where you're from. This is a very particular town. We have to watch these kids closer than ever before. These kids, they're dangerous. They're dangerous now. I'm sure I'll do just fine. There's somebody at the door. Of course there is. It's Halloween. It's a new movie. Um, shit, who directed it? Brian Coyne. Brian Coyne, that's right. Written and directed. Um, not a lot of credits to his name. Still a relatively new filmmaker. Um, is this the first one he's directed? Uh, I'm not sure. We talked about it at the, at the end of last episode how he produced uh, Utero starring Jessica Cameron, but that right. still has not seen the light of day. <laughs> yeah, at least not to us. Um. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, did it come out this year or last? I think I think this year. Uh, it comes out February sixth. Right. Yes. So thank you to Uncorked Entertainment for 
shooting us over a screener. We appreciate it. Quite. Um, so this movie stars Brea Grant as Ella and Graham Skipper as her husband, Robert. Um, they're, you know, a young couple um, just relocated to some nondescript small town um, from L.A. Um, it's like through most of the movie, you don't really know why. It's like, why would you do that? <laughs> why would you move to L.A. or move from L.A. to just some random small town? You would go insane. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Ella is a teacher um, interviewing at the local middle school. Or is it high school? No, it must be a high school. Because those kids are way too old to be middle school. Yeah, I'm not sure they said, but... Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, she's a uh, she's a teacher, and she's interviewing um, at what I assume is a high school um, with Principal Richard Reilly, right? <laughs> Just a random appearance by Richard Reilly. I fucking love that guy. Yeah, he's great and everything. Do you see who the DP on this was? Yeah, Will Barrett. Will Barrett. Yeah, he was uh, you know uh, Adam Green's resident DP. Yeah, um, and also starring this was Heather Dorff. Uh, well, starring might be. Was she one of the kids in the mask? No, she was the 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 pregnant one at the beginning. Was it? Yeah. Oh. And actually, that reminds me, I should back up. So the movie opens um, on Halloween night, um, and a pregnant mother uh, is home alone, and she you know she answers the door to some trick or treaters, and she uh, she goes back and she you know, she's getting ready for bed and. She she goes like she comes out and goes into the kitchen, right? Yeah. Um, and the door opens, and this guy, this random dude, walks in and just surprises her and just shivs her. Yeah, he's like, "You had no right," and just stabs her. And it's like that's another thing that just hangs out there. Yeah, for almost the entire movie, actually. Until the very end. You yeah. don't know what the fuck that was about. Yeah, and he just stabs her in the stomach multiple times. Um, and then once she like falls down dead, he slits his own throat. I did not realize that was Fiona Dorf. Heather Dorf. Oh. Oh. Jessica Cameron's friend. And also I, also in Truth or Dare. I did know that. Yeah. She, I, I well I thought it. When I saw her, I was like, Oh, that's her. Yeah, but just now when you said her name, I thought we were talking about Fiona Dorif, and that's why my brain was like, "No, <laughs> that's not her at all." Um, you know, it's because I, I saw her. I'm like, that that looks all like Heather Dorif. So I pulled up IMDb, and she's not on there. She's not. It's not even on her own page. Um, and so I just <laughs> I wasn't sure until the end credits. Hmm. Anyway, so um, I don't know. There must be some time jump because at the, be- the beginning of that scene, it says October 31st. And then in the next scene... It's October 31st. October 30th. Oh, is it 30th? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Halloween. No. Um, yeah, it's got to be... I don't know how many years later. But yeah, there's definitely a time jump. Yeah, and it's like you actually don't even know how long of a time jump. It's kind of surprising that they didn't say. Yeah. Oh, and I guess at the beginning of the scene, um, the the woman's husband or boyfriend whoever comes home sees her dead body on the ground and also sees 
her prematurely born children laying on the floor. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure that's a thing, but I'm not a doctor. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we jump forward in time. Don't know. It could be a year, however long, uh, to October 30th. And Brea Grant, um, starring as Ella, she's interviewing at the high school. And she goes in to speak with the principal, played by Richard Reilly, and who has a giant banner on this wall that says Jesus something something something. He says like we'll save we'll save us all or something yeah. like that. But he, like, he wouldn't be allowed to have that. No, fuck no. <laughs> and um, unless this is like a private school, there's there's no way. <laughs> yeah, he seemed like he might be a Trump supporter because of that, and he had this the giant American flag wrapping around the front of his desk. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, his desk was just like a folding table. Oh, I know. And like, there was no way this was a school or anywhere near a school. No, because this was clearly like an apartment. Yeah, this was this was like a room in someone's house. Yeah, and it starts out in like the the reception area because uh, Ella's waiting out there with um, another student and the the two girls that actually end up being our killers. Um, <laughs> The kid was named Tommy. Is that his name? I think so. Yeah, he's wearing like this gorilla mask, and the receptionist is like, "Tommy, I told you to take off that mask." <laughs> and this kid like turns to Ella, and she's like, "What's your name?" <laughs> the kid's like twenty five. Oh, I know. He's no way he's in high he's, school. He's like going bald. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, "What's up? What's up? <laughs> What's your name? Where do you live? <laughs> What's your address?" It's more hot snatch like you there. You want a party <laughs> with us? Um. Anyway, uh, so he's like, "What's your name?" (laughs) He's like, "My name is Mrs. Block. Is it Block? It was either Block or Black. Block sounded like sounded like Block." And she's like, "My name is Mrs. Block. I'm getting ready to teach here." He's like, "Hot. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking sexy. (laughs) I like your style." No, No, he says, "Why?" Because I like because I'm a, a teacher. teacher. <laughs> He's like, no, why this school? <laughs> She's like, oh, why you ask so many dumb questions? <laughs> um, so yeah, she goes and speak with her. Really, <laughs> and like as she's walking away, he's like, call me. <laughs> the receptionist is like, God damn it, Tommy! <laughs> I told you to stop hitting on every woman that crosses your path. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, uh, really is like basically giving her like the the, the fifth degree, um, just saying you know. And he even asked her, he's like, "Are you a God fearing woman?" Yeah, it's like well, I don't see how that's in your goddamn he's business. Like, I don't think you can ask that. Yeah, but he's saying, "Well, what I'm saying is this is a very particular town." You know, he's talking with like a southern accent, but he's the only one. He's talking with a Richard Reilly accent. <laughs> um. It's like this is a very particular town with very particular beliefs, um, and just like it kind of sets it, that line sets you up to think this is going to be like some kind of like um, village of the damned or like two thousand maniacs or something. Yeah, and it's just like it's there's it, nothing like that. Yeah. It's just two crazy kids. Yeah, I mean you know there's weird people. You make it sound like Jack and Diane or something. There's just two crazy kids. <laughs> um. But, I mean, you know, there's weird people in every town, so it's like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so 
she finishes her interview. She goes home. Um, and, you know, it's like when you, any time you just move in somewhere, you, they're just covered in boxes and just, you know, little items of furniture here and there in the house. And this is when we're introduced to Robert, played by Graham Skipper. And, um, you know, I think this may be like Graham Skipper's best role. As far as his acting skill, I think every time we we talk about Graham Skipper on this show, we always say the same thing, and it's that he's such an over actor that somehow makes it work. Yeah, and this movie is no exception. He's one of those kind of people that's always on. Yeah, and the, it's like the character, and you know, part, so something I really didn't like about this movie is Ella's dialogue. I didn't like either of their dialogue. It, it didn't feel natural. No, yeah, that's what it was. It felt fake. Nobody fucking talks like that. It sounded like Kevin Smith, like early Kevin Smith, mall yeah. rats, clerks, where everything's too wordy. Yeah. Using these, you know, using words that people don't say. And dialect. Hmm? Dialect, too, that people don't use. Okay, okay yeah. Um, it's just like... Like maybe like speaking proper, but it's not... Natural. Like, yeah, you're not supposed to end a sentence in a proposition, but guess what? Everyone fucking does. Right, yeah. Um, and you're just... Uh, preposition, I mean, sorry. Yeah, I, mean, I can't think of a, a particular instance, but... Um, yeah, I remember just, when she was in the tub, their conversation while she was in the tub was very unnatural. Yeah, she, like, he comes in and sees, she, he finds her in the tub after... He, he really wanted pumpkins because he felt like that would kind of make it feel more like home. Um, so he went to the store to get pumpkins and he comes back and she was supposed to be unpacking while he was gone. He comes back and finds her in the tub. And so he starts slinging her shit about not unpacking. And she says something, uh, I, I forget the, the adjective, but calls him a, a something fool. Um, yeah, I don't remember. Uh, yeah. But it was just like, who would say that ever? Yeah. And that it was like that through the entire movie, and it's just it it really kind of pulls you out because rather than just sitting and watching the movie, like right before he's leaving for work, he says like you seem pensive, pensive, yeah, and she's like I am pensive. Why are you pensive? It's like stop saying pensive. Just, just get to the point. <laughs> it's like and and like really pensive. Yeah, like you would say you seem upset. Yeah, you seem troubled. You seem like something's bothering you. Yeah, you seem worried. Yeah, pensive would probably be the last word I went to. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just I don't know that it, it continued to pull me out of the movie through the entire thing because listening to particularly Ella, I, th- I thought Robert was maybe a little less so, but Ella was just, she was talking like that through the entire movie. Yeah, and you know, Bria Grant's a great actress, but she didn't seem like she was because she was spouting off the delivering dialogue. those lines. Um. Anyway, so, okay, so she's back at home. Uh, Robert is, I don't know, is he a nurse or a, or a doctor? I think he's a nurse. Okay, yeah. They never really say. I mean, he's just wearing scrubs. He's yeah, a, but I mean, he was like pumping kids' stomachs. That's kind of a, a, a nurse job. You don't really. Suppose. He's just a. He's an RN. He's a hospital guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's a scrub. He's a scrub. <laughs> he's white scrubs. Um, so she's going to be left at home on Halloween and she's, I don't know, very anti-Halloween. Like she didn't want him to get pumpkins. She eventually submitted to it. 
but she told him, do not get candy. Yeah. I don't want to hand out candy. Yeah. And she was like telling him to basically leave all the lights off in the house because she didn't want even people coming, coming to the door. Um, just being a real bitch about it. <laughs> yeah. Like what's a Halloween Grinch? <laughs> she was that. Um, so yeah, she, and she's there all night and elsewhere, these two girls that were in the office earlier, or I guess earlier in the day, they actually are sitting in Richard Reilly's office and he's giving them shit about wearing masks. Like these girls have been wearing these masks, their, like all of their screen time. And he says, I've told you before that you can't wear those masks. And so he actually like goes for them and tries to take, take them off and they start fighting back and like, like, clunk him over the head with his mug and then just yeah he's got like a big like metal camping kind of mug yeah it almost looked like a beer stein yeah um and uh yeah they just club him with it and i think they, they was it that they beat him to death with it yeah and then they impaled him with the american flag right yeah <laughs> and um so then they go home and they make their homemade co- halloween costumes this is presumably the night before Halloween. So I don't know why they're getting dressed for Halloween unless we jumped ahead a day and I lost track of it. See, I kind of got the impression that we did. Okay. Cause like when it jumped back to his office, I was like, is this the next day? Okay. Cause you know, in the opening, cause it went from evening to seemingly to afternoon. So I was like, is this the next day? But it didn't say October 31st or, you know, the next day. Yeah, and they were so particular with saying October 31st, the opening scene, and then again, October 30th. So it's like you'd think they'd say, oh, this is October 31st now. Yeah. But that didn't happen. No. Um, so they, they sneak out of their trailer, um, and then they go catch fireflies, and then they decide they're going on a killing spree. Because, I don't know, they got the taste for blood or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, and. Well, yeah, because when they kill really, they almost seem, like, trepidatious about it. It, it's, it doesn't seem like it's, like, done out of cold blood. Like, it's almost like she hits him the first time out of self-defense. Yeah. But then just kind of, like, gets a bloodlust from it. Yeah. I don't think it just happens like that, though. No, I don't think so. I don't think you accidentally kill someone and then say, oh, I think I need to kill more You know more what? People. I liked that. Yeah. I think that's like years and years of damage that does that to a yeah. person. <laughs> um, so, th- yeah, they decide they're just going to go on this little mini rampage. Um, and it just so happens that they picked Ellis Street for their victims. Um, across the street from Ella and Robert lives the, the resident pederast. That's another thing. Pederast. Like, that's... I, I, I know there's a difference between pederasty and pedophilia. I'm not entirely sure what it is. I think one's for boys and one's for girls. I think one is gay. Oh, okay, yeah. I guess that's what I meant. Yeah, I think pederasty is is homosexual and pedophilia is not. Yeah, yeah. But when the the weird neighbor lady came and told him that, like, all she said was he's a sex offender. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where she, how she jumped to pederasty. I don't know. That's she jumped to conclusions. <laughs> Richard really <laughs> got it. Got it together. It all ties together. We're this, all living in the this same is universe. in the same universe as Office Space. <laughs> <laughs> um, After Inatech burned down, 
Yeah, he lives in like this bubblegum pink house. Yeah, it looked it looked like they just changed the 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 tint. Yeah, like it was a filter on it or yeah. something. But it was it was like are they like, all right, we're gonna paint this house bright pink so everyone knows where the pedophile lives. <laughs> <laughs> this is a beacon. Yeah, and this is just another example of Ella being a total just bitch for no reason. Well yeah. no, for no reason. She has no excuse. Um like the the neighbor next door neighbor, I'm guessing. She comes over, um, and she's, I don't know, she's dressed as like some like Elvira type thing. She looks like a haggard Elvira. Yeah, but she's got her tits pushed way up. Yeah. And, and it's just like, you know, it's an and old Give her some weird pie with shit in it. Yeah. Not literal shit, but just like chunks <laughs> of. Doo-doo pie. Chunks of things. <laughs> she's like, it's got a Halloween theme, you know, little, little things. <laughs> she doesn't really. I don't <laughs> think, what does that mean? Yeah, I don't think she actually describes what's in there, but just, yeah, like. You know, little Halloween looks like there's like chunks things. of like half like half an Oreo sticking out and like <laughs> it's just a trash pie. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, and so yeah, she explains the sex offender across the street. Um. And so yeah, these girls they manage to find their way to Ella's street. Now wait before before we get that to that far. This this guy Sam. The, the petter asked. Uh-huh. He comes and he's just standing in front of their house. Yeah. Smoking a cigarette. And uh, Ella is like, you know, can you make him leave? Yeah. And what's his name? Robert? Yeah. He's like, he's not hurting anything. He's standing in your yard. Yeah. Like, I would tell him to get the fuck out of the way. Yeah, even if like, he wasn't a petter asked. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> go away. Yeah, get off my property. <laughs> And then the guy's like, it's a free country. I can stand wherever I want. I'm like, no, you fucking can't. It's like, I own this part of the country. You leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trespassing is still a thing. I'll shoot you. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I don't know. This guy's weird, like even for a sex offender. Yeah. So he's just a weird guy. He's not a strong actor either. No. <laughs> In fact, most of the cast isn't, except for you know the the you know the big three the veterans that we know you know the, the familiar faces you know the Grants the Skippers the Reelys you know Hollywood royalty. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. They 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 start sneaking into people's houses and and summarily executing them. Um. And then they eventually they come for Ella and you Ella, know Ella Ella A stop it. <laughs> uh, and you know as opposed to the the other deaths of you know the, of Ella's neighbors, which were very quick and almost forgettable, they seem to really drag things out for her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, granted. Somehow Ella manages to fight back a little bit, whereas the other two couldn't for whatever reason. <laughs> um, just like lasts longer. And, you know. Well, and they they kind of like taunt her too. As with everyone else, it was just kind of like stabby stabby. Okay, we're gonna leave now. <laughs> but with her, they like there's a scene where they get her down on the ground in the kitchen, and they're just like standing on either side of her, smashing dishes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why are they taunting her when they just killed it's everyone like, else? Not the China. That scene was creepy, though. Just them smashing dishes? Yeah. It's intimidating, sure. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. But yeah, when you actually stop and think about it, it didn't really make sense. No. Like, hey, what, what are you doing? Yeah. It's like you just killed everyone else. Now, now you're picking her to intimidate. <laughs> you're gonna kill me and smash my shit. Like, <laughs> insult to injury, man. Um. Yeah, so it just kind of becomes a battle for survival, and that makes this movie sound way more intense than it actually is. But, um, I mean, that's that's it, I guess. There's this, you know, we get to the end, and I, I won't spoil it, but after that, they they actually call it a coda. Yeah, what the hell was that? Just it shows up on screen in huge letters, coda. Yeah, it's and like, I'm like what? Just call it an epilogue. Or don't call it anything. Just say one year later. Yeah. It's like that's just more like kind of douchey writing. Yeah, it's it's kind of that same, you know, like we talked about the way the blocks talk. It's that same kind of thing of like having to be too much of a filmmaker. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I hate to sound like like I'm like at an idiocracy, you know, frowning on people that speak intelligently. There's a difference. There's, there's a line between speaking intelligently and speaking like a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I like to think that I speak intelligently. I speak clearly most of the time. Um, I'm maybe not necessarily on the show, but I'm well spoken. Tend to use proper grammar. Yeah, yeah. I, I make a point to use proper grammar. Uh, and you know, cringe when other people don't. <laughs> yeah, but it's like I don't go around saying people look pensive, <laughs> and you know, calling epilogues codas. I just understand why they had to point out that this was the coda. <laughs> like you could have just said one year later, and it, it does say one year later. Yeah, and so the thing about that is, it's about I don't know. 10, 15 minutes more after the, the movie's over. After our, our main story is over. And it's just now when they finally explain that opening scene. Mm-hmm. And then other than that, it has almost nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Nothing happens. Yeah. I mean, there's like this little, like this little Final suspense kind of thing. building yeah, stinger at the end, but... Aside from that, it's like, why? Yeah, they're, they're, I feel like they could have worked that, you know, the, the explaining of the opening scene into the actual story better instead of just tacking it on at the end yeah. with these characters that we haven't seen before. Right. Yeah, and it's like, did, I mean, do they even sign them names? <laughs> Probably not. And, you know, there's just more overacting in that scene. Yeah. I don't know, I kept, because you know the the scene is three women talking about the events of the movie mm-hmm. that we just watched. Yeah, it's like we know it happened. Right, <laughs> we were there. Yeah, we saw it. We saw it happen in real time. <laughs> and um, yeah, like I, I don't think. I mean, maybe they have character names, but I'm pretty sure they're never said on screen. Um, and it's this one girl just getting like really like into telling the story and just over dramatizing it and just I don't know she's being very big about it for no reason yeah and you know that's that's it so 
Yeah. Thoughts? There's a lot here to like. Yeah. Um, the story, the, the story's good. The story, yeah, the story itself is not bad. The, the overarching feel of the movie is very kind of Halloween-esque. Yeah. And I'm talking like John Carpenter's, um, which, which, you know, John Carpenter's was a fairly low budget film. Yeah. Like bare bones. Yeah. yeah. Which obviously this is as well. And so it's, it's got, you know, a very similar kind of tone mm-hmm. to the original Halloween, but at the same time, like like we were saying, the script is so unnatural, mm-hmm. especially with with the blocks talking. And I mean, there's that, and also the, kind of the the transitions are clunky. Yeah, it's like there's a lot of stuff in here that's just like um, unbelievable. It's like there's you know there's suspension of disbelief, and then there's things that just don't make sense. It's like, well, why why did we jump from here to here? Yeah, and there's just the 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 transition between the two is just really foggy. Yeah, um, you know, I like I, I love Brea Grant and I love Graham Skipper. I think they're both very good actors. I I think they acted this well, but again, I think the dialogue was not suited for their mm-hmm. talents. Yeah, there's definitely like Robert felt like one of those people that's always on, mm-hmm. and it's like. Those people are exhausting in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) And just like, you know, when you watch a movie like this, you can definitely tell when there's a director that wants you to recite the script verbatim. Yeah. Doesn't want you to toy around with lines. Doesn't want you to feel the scene. Graham, the line is pensive. (laughs) Pensive. (laughs) And then, Brea, you say, I am pensive. And then, Graham, you say, why are you pensive? I want to make sure we get three pensives. (laughs) It's a drinking game. It's like, oh, cut it, cut it, cut it. See, you're still not getting that line right. So I feel like you're saying you're. It's clearly you are. <laughs> it's like if I would have had to deal with this kind of shit on they reach, I would have lost my fucking mind. I would, I would, I would have quit. Yeah. So, I mean. It sounds like you're saying boys whole. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, like the story is... is um, the story, the story is pretty good. Um, when they, when they had a lot of potential, when they offed really the the effects of it were very minimalist. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say they were bad, but they were very minimalist. And so I kind of got this impression. I was like, oh, that's how the that's how the gore is going to be in this. But it, they do amp up the gore at the end. Yeah, I mean, there is one scene in particular. Where it kind of seems like they shot their wad on it. Yeah. Um, but it was it was that was worth it. it was, yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> I got to give him credit where credit's due. Um, but um, yeah, so like I said, the story's good. Like you said, it, it had a very Halloween feel, um, and it had the potential to be effective like that. Um, but this the, the script was just kind of the dialogue held it back. Yeah, and the script was overdone. Um, the transition scene transitions were clunky. Um, and, uh, I mean, you, you, you got good performances out of the people you'd expect good performances out of, you know, the people you've seen before. Um, and I don't know. I mean, did the, the, the girl, the girls, did you think they were all right? I thought they were fine. I mean, they, you know, they had very minimal lines Yeah, and they're wearing masks so they don't have to emote. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that bugged me was like, you know, when they'd sneak into somebody's house, they'd be doing like a, like a cartoon sneak, like tiptoeing. <laughs> um, and it's like, I don't know, maybe that was supposed to be that way. Maybe the director demanded it. I don't know, but there was a lot of it that just seemed very unnatural. And that really hurt it, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, this could have done with a couple more edits too, I think. Um, especially sound design. Um and just sound overall. Like I I never thought I'd be so critical of sound, but this and and one we did last time, uh House of Salem. Both just like very amateur sound. Yeah. I mean, and it it was weird because it didn't match because you know, Will Barrett does a very good job. I mean he's a he's a he's a great cinematographer but then the sound just didn't fit with this professional looking cinematography yeah yeah i don't know it was okay i really it it should have been better that's the thing is is there's so much potential there Mm -hmm. and it, it almost seems like it was just overdone yeah it had the potential to be a really if they had scaled it back you know kind of normalized the dialogue um and just you know maybe just just don't try so hard like the the basic idea of what you want is there the feel is there the tone is there but then you're just kind of it's like when you make like a really good pizza and but you just kind of like pizza you're like oh, i need a little more thyme needs a little more basil needs a little more garlic and it's like oh now there's just too much there's too many flavors going on. Yeah. It's just too complex. Yeah. <clears throat> just give me a whole cheese pizza just for me. <laughs> um, yeah. Home just, alone. Yeah, I got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, this, <clears throat> this had a good potential to be a movie that was like Halloween, like you said, and also had like kind of a home invasion type feel, like kind of like your next almost. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, just these kind of Bush League things really held it back, I think. Yeah. Anyway. So how are you feeling? I think I'm feeling... S- Am I feeling saucy? <laughs> I think, you know, it, like I said, the potential is there. And so I think it could have been, uh, it could have been better than it was, but I'm, mm, I'm going to go six. Okay. I was fighting between six and seven. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I think I'm going to go five. Yeah. Um, like you said, the potential was there, but I can't. I don't feel like I can, in good conscience, give points based on potential, <laughs> especially when it was undelivered potential or it's, unrealized. Potential. It's like the 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 kill scenes and like the you know parts leading up to those that like those the entire scene of it <clears throat> w- was good in those scenes. Yeah, but then it was like it was all the par- all the parts in between that. Right. Yeah. So so that, that's uh. That's, That's bad, bad apples. apples. Jake's buy me a Coke. <laughs> <laughs>
Gee, well, I don't like the sound of them apples. Oh, and they said bad apples at some point in the movie. Yes, they did. And I was watching it by myself, and I said, oh, they said it. It was it was Brea Grant when she was interviewing with Reilly. She was like, every town has some bad apples. And you're like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> She looked at the camera and winked. <laughs> All right, moving on to uh, a brand new movie that just came out called Mom and Dad. So mom is Selma Blair. Yep. Dad is Nicolas Cage. You're damn right he is. <laughs> oh. Watch your tone haircut. <laughs> or hair, hair gel. High praise. <laughs> uh, and so they're, what are their names? Um, Brent and, oh shit, I can't remember her name. Kendall. Brent and Kendall Ryan, the Ryan family, and their uh, their two kids, Anne and Zachary. Yep. Uh, Anne is a sophomore. They don't say how old she is, but she's got to be 15, 16, probably. Ish. And uh, she's dating this guy named uh, something. It's not in the cast. Damon. Damon. who is black. He's a black man. And they, they kind of allude to the dad being racist, but it's not outright. Yeah. And they kind of like, cause he says, oh, I don't want you hanging out with that boy. And she's like, I know why you don't want me hanging out with him. And he's like, yeah, cause he's a junior and you're a sophomore. Right. Which is a total parent thing to do. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's one year difference. That's really not a huge difference. Yeah. But it's like, you know, they're, 
Nicholas Cage and Selma Blair. I think actually Selma Blair might be playing older than she actually is, and I think Nick Cage is playing younger. Yeah, um, they're you know playing kids that grew up in the eighties, and you know, well, no, Nicholas Cage is probably at least a decade older than than that, where he would be a, been a teenager in the eighties. Because he was, he was in like Fast Times, wasn't he? No, Raising Arizona. No, okay, so he was in Raising Arizona. And he it was easily in his 30s then, wasn't he? Probably. Or maybe late 20s. I don't know. Whatever. It's Nick Cage. He's timeless. I mean, he's 54 in real life, so. Okay. But so they're yeah, in his 20s then, I guess. Uh, and then Josh is, I don't know, 10? Uh, about there, yeah. 9, 10, 10, 12, something like that. And uh, so <laughs> the movie opens with them, and they're watching the news, and they're on the news they're talking about this mother who ran over her child Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh brent and josh start recreating it with josh's toys (laughs) and brent's like yeah i was like this and then just squirts ketchup all over it i'm like what the fuck are you doing like oh my god we're burning (laughs) and they think it's hilarious And Kendall is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of story laid down just in this opening scene. Yeah. I mean, you got mom going a mom going crazy on her child. You've got grandparents coming for dinner tonight. You've got a sister-in-law or, you know, uh, Kendall's sister is having a baby. She's due at any minute. Um, so there's like a lot of things that are laying on top of you right on, right off the bat. So you really got to keep up. Yeah. But you don't really realize it at the time. Yeah. It's kind of like as the movie goes on and those, all those things kind of start to play out mm-hmm. one by one. Right. Plus you've got the housekeeper and her daughter are there. Right. Why um, her daughter isn't in school. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why her or Josh weren't in school. That's right. Josh was at home too. Yeah. He's just running around in his PJs all day. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't either. It's not really explained. But anyways, uh, so they go off to work. Um, Kendall drives Carly to school. And as they're going, they're having this conversation about how, you know, I feel like we're, we're growing apart. We used to be best friends. And now all you're, you're just Facebooking all the time. <laughs> She's like, Facebooking. <laughs> Stupid old bitch. <laughs> She's clearly on Instagram. <laughs> but so, you know, again, you're kind of getting this this exposition telling you that there's this gap growing. Trouble in them. paradise. <laughs> Which, you know, that always happens. You get to a certain age and you kind of grow apart from your parents. And I, I feel like it's it's more of a case with daughters and mothers. <laughs> Did you watch Mark Maron's newest bit? Uh, maybe. Oh, there's a part where I forget what it's called, but um, there's a part in it where he's like, do you remember the time when you first realized your dad was a fucking idiot? <laughs> it was like, you know, you grow up idolizing him. He's just my, my dad. He's, you know, he's a great man. He, he's, he's the smartest man I know. And then, boy, the other fucking shoe drops and you're just like, you're fucking out of your mind. <laughs> This is off topic. I have seen that, but my favorite, my favorite part of that show is when he's talking about meditating. He's like, I tried meditation once. <laughs> he's like, you know, you just you're supposed to sit there and just feel your breath, and 
empty your mind. And, and then my, my first thought was, someday this is all going to end. That's not how you're supposed to feel. <laughs> God, I love that guy. Yeah, he's great. Um, <laughs> so anyways, yeah. So there's this this rift growing between Kendall and Carly. So then Carly goes off to school and uh, Chan Elizabeth's husband is her teacher. <laughs> Ex-husband. Oh, really? Ex, ex-husband. <laughs> you you want to make sure everyone knows that, so you can be like, when when I get Shannon Elizabeth, <laughs> I don't want there to be any drama. Just want you all to know he's out of the picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's her teacher, and he keeps getting phone calls, calling kids off to the to the office. I'm calling on my cell phone. You stop that right <laughs> now. <laughs> And then cops start showing up, and they go to leave, and they all the te- all the uh, parents are at at the gate of the school, and they're just all like, "Come on, come on, let's go. We're we're leaving right now. We're gonna go to Disneyland. Fuck <laughs> it, we'll do whatever you want." And they're just like, "What the fuck is going on?" And finally, one kid is like, "Okay, mom, here I come," and he jumps the fence because there's cops keeping him apart. Mm-hmm. He jumps the fence, and the mom takes her keys and just stabs the shit out of him. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> this reminded me a lot of cooties, except backwards. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden, shit just breaks down, and all the everyone just scrambles, and the the parents are chasing down the kids and just beating the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. The cop tackles this woman and just just punches her face so many times. <laughs> it's, it's funny because when they're all at the fence, you know, she keeps trying to get through. And he's just yelling at her, like, like it goes back to him several times. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, get the fuck back. He's like, back the fuck up. And then, yeah, they're out on the the football field. And he's just going down to the ground, just beating the shit out of her face. He's like, I told you to stay the fuck back. <laughs> oh, so then Carly and her friend Riley, right? Uh, that sounds right. They're going through the parking lot trying to get to Riley's car and all these adults come rushing at them and they duck down behind the car and the, they run right past them. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the moment when you kind of start to realize that these parents are only going after their own kids. Mm-hmm. And you don't ever fully know why. Dr. Oz appears <laughs> to explain it. But on, on, a, on a legit news show. Yeah. Like, like, like actual reporting. Not Oprah. Not Dr. Phil. This actual news show. Yeah. And, and their medical consultant is Dr. Oz. Draws. Draws. <laughs> yeah, he starts to explain it. He's like, it's this thing called savaging, and most people don't know what it is. And they're like, okay, shut the fuck up. Hey, you're an <laughs> idiot. <laughs> and that's that's all you get for any kind of explanation about what, what is going on. And it's 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 made funnier by the fact that what he's saying makes sense. Because yeah, like he's saying that in in nature. And like animals will kill their young. Yeah. They'll just, for whatever reason, just get a hair up their ass and they will kill their young. But why would it happen to everyone at once? Yeah. I don't know. There's like implication or uh, insinuations later on that, um, you know, it could be some kind of biological warfare. Mm -hmm. Um, But it, uh, you kind of pick up that it was actually, it's whatever it is, is being distributed through TVs and screens. Yeah, because in a few scenes you see 
screens just turn to snow. static yeah and that's when people seem to like kind of like go into this daze yeah yeah and so uh nicholas cage just goes full on Nicolas Cage. Oh, dude, Raging Cage, man. Dude, they they turned up Nicolas Cage to eleven on this. <laughs> Fucking love it. They just let him go. <laughs> it's like you just be you. <laughs> He's like, all right, what's give my... us that Cage flavor. He's like, what's my motivation? They're like, you're Nicolas Cage, <laughs> and you're yeah. real upset with He's your like, kids. I got you. <laughs> He's like, okay. I'm going to bark at him. Is that cool? (laughs) So good. (laughs) He literally chases his son around the house, barking at him like a fucking dog. (laughs) I think, I think there's only one other person that could have done justice to this role. Mel Gibson. Gary Busey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I love it. It's so fucking good. <laughs> and then, like, it's funny because Selma Blair is, by contrast, tame. Yeah. But at the same time, she's, like, trying to saw her kids in half with a sawzall, right? And you know, it there, saws all. <laughs> and there's there's a point where it almost seems like it's not going to affect her. Right. Like, everyone else around her is going crazy, and she's trying to, you know, maintain. Yeah. But no. <laughs> and I mean, the, the rest of the movie is just that. Like, yeah. it's, it's just them going off on their kids and trying to murder them. Mm-hmm. And then, like Tony said at the beginning, they tell you, oh, don't forget, grandma and grandpa are coming over. And you completely forget about it until he opens the door and Lance which, Hendrickson. Which is, which is good because they show up, you hear the doorbell, and they're, like, they're in the middle of trying to kill their kids. Yeah. And the doorbell goes off. And Selma Blair's like, or Kendall, she's like, oh shit, your parents. And he's like, like, he's got a sawzall going, ready to slice his kids in half. And he's like, oh, damn it. It's like, hold on. Like, I don't know about you, but my mind didn't didn't click that grandparents are parents' parents. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, as soon as, like, at the beginning of the movie, even though I knew what the movie's about, at the beginning of the movie, that never... yeah clicked but until he opens the door and lance henriksen fucking shifts well after his mom sprays him with mace (laughs) (laughs) oh so good oh my god uh there's there's also these random flashbacks throughout the movie like when it just randomly flashes to a young nicholas cage getting fucked Getting, fi- getting titties slapped in his face while whipping donuts in his Trans Am. <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> the most metal fucking thing. <laughs> oh my god! And like, there's another flashback where he, he's talking to his kid, and he's just like, "Car is such a pussy magnet." <laughs> <laughs> and there's several points in the movie, like, because you know, you go into this movie knowing what it's about. And you just keep waiting for it to happen. Yeah. And there's a couple points where you almost think that it's going to, and it doesn't. It's like kind of like false starts. That scene, you know, apparently, like, uh, what's the kid's name? The young, the young boy. Yeah. <laughs> the young lad. <laughs> the young boy. <laughs> uh, Josh. 
It's like, no, the old boy. <laughs> I got to show you this video later of this. <laughs> it was this guy who got kicked out of all these uh, youth hockey leagues for heckling. <laughs> and he was doing this interview and he's like, if the young boys don't like me yelling at them. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, the young boy Josh, apparently he he like he did something to the car. Yeah, he put something in it. Uh, yeah, but they never showed what it was. Um, and uh, and then he fed it Fruit Loops, <laughs> whatever it was. And Nicholas Cage is talking to him, basically just saying, you know, my dad gave me this car. Um, you know, I had to take responsibility of taking care of it. So it's like, I I under I was a kid once. I understand doing, you know. Things I shouldn't. He says, but I, you know, I'm not mad at you. It's like things happen. He says, but if you ever do it again, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> and then he laughs. <laughs> uh, and it's just things like that in the movie that, where it's like, God, how far back does this go? <laughs> right. Anyway. Um, one thing that bothered me is like this only affects parents towards their own kids mm-hmm. but when um damon comes to try and protect carly uh nicholas cage just fucking drops him he just smashes his head into the ground yeah and he did it like he was like some kind of like assassin or something yeah <laughs> like he's just like wow <laughs> i was just like that's all him like that's that's not this virus or whatever it is causing this. That's all him. That means he had that inside him all along, <laughs> which again kind of goes back to the race thing. It's like, did, does he just hate this guy that much that he's willing to just? Well, it's like he comes home and this is before. It's it's almost like this the sight of your children sets you off. I guess, I, or I don't know. It could be because he's when he's at work and everything, he's totally normal. Or maybe it's like vicinity, like you can I don't know, smell I, him. Yeah, I mean, I almost wonder. You can pick up on like pheromones or something. <laughs> um, but uh, he he walks in, and he's like, he sees the kid standing there, and he's like, "What the hell are you doing in my house?" Right. And uh, I don't think that's when he attacks him, because then the daughter comes in, and that's when he starts to lunge for her, and Damon kind of steps in the way. So, I mean, I see your point, but I wonder if that was just more. Eliminating obstacles. Could be, yeah. But, you know, I tell you, this movie, it's like when you pay for Nicolas Cage. This you, is what you, you want. You get Nicolas Cage. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's not a lot of plot here. No, not really. It's basically but just... I, like, I'm not saying that as a bad thing. No. You don't, you don't need a plot with this, or not much. No, th- this movie, is, movie. Down movie is sheer and utter chaos. Yeah. And that's exactly what it's set out to be. Even before shit goes south, this movie is kind of chaotic. Yeah. There's a lot of like smash cuts and like the music is kind of like trancy and Yeah. I mean and, and you know, flashbacks that just out of nowhere. Did you lose an ear? I think so. It's all right. Okay. We're almost done. Um just flashbacks out of nowhere, and it's like, you know, when they're showing the flashback of young Nick Cage, you don't really realize that's him yeah i was like what what just happened like what what am i watching (laughs) like it's cool there's tits on screen right now but right but what's going on (laughs) 
Um, yeah, and you know, I think uh, as violent and fucked up as this movie is, I think probably a lot of parents could um, relate to it. In that, you know, there's there's this part where Nicolas Cage, you know, it's another flashback, um, and he is in the basement, which looks like you know maybe like halfway um, finished. Well, yeah, because he started to turn it into a family room, and then he freaked out and smashed the pool table. Well, he, he he's gonna he's trying to call it a family room, but it was basically a man cave. Because yeah. yeah, he ordered a pool table, and you know, we've got this nice little montage of him putting it together. You know, put taking a lot of care to get it all. You know, the the felt nice and flat, and uh, taking a lot of care to make sure the table's perfectly level. Um, and then he's you know down there playing on it. And Kendall comes down, and says, Kendall's not even a real name. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's like, "You bought a pool table? You don't even like pool." And so she just gives him shit about building this man cave because he's having some kind of midlife crisis, and he just loses his shit. You know, he's down there, you know, in his, in his misfits shirt and his je- in his junkie jeans, just having some time to himself. And he just launches into this thing where he, he I mean, he, he gets pissed off at her. Just yeah, because he says he wants an adult space and a kid's space. Yeah. So he he's like, you know what? Fine. You're right. We shouldn't have this pool table. Let me get rid of it. I, I got the perfect tool for it. And he just takes a sledgehammer and just beats just the shit out of it. it. And then he just launches into this thing. It's like how he can remember being a kid like it was yesterday. And now he's a you know a, a husband and a dad in, a, in an office drone. And how he's, you know, just kind of a lost youth type thing. And it's like, you know, you and I, you know, we're in our 30s. You know, neither of us are parents. You know, I'm married. You're in a long-term relationship. I think to a certain extent, even though we're not parents, we can relate. Yeah. Um, Just, you know, just like where did our youth go? And so he just kind of has this freak out. And so I think something like that. And, you know, this is definitely more of an extreme um What's the word? Um, not simile. That's not the right word. Metaphor? Yeah. Um, for just taking a step back and, you know, just seeing, like, where the fuck did these kids come from? You know, what happened in my life? Yeah. I think this whole movie could be kind of like a... And resenting an allegory. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, whether or not the movie is actually supposed to get that deep. I don't know, but that's kind of what I picked up from it. So it wasn't just all chaos. It actually had, I mean, it's, it's some, chaos with a purpose. Yes. But, it had some depth to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, but a, I, a fun fucking movie. Like, oh this God, is it was not, awesome. This is not something you need to sit there and think about. It's not something that, you know, like analyzes the human psyche and, mm-hmm. you know, it's not something you leave and be like, I wonder what this meant. <laughs> it's just fucking nuts. And it's, you just sit there and you watch it and you have fun and it's great. Yeah. It's like, if you pick up on little nuances, great, but you don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to be a smart person to watch this. No, it's just Nicholas cage raging, raging cage, man. Hashtag raging cage. Make it a thing. <laughs> um, yeah. I I really don't have many complaints. Not really, no. Uh, I mean, 
it's it's disorienting. I mean, that's kind of the purpose, I yeah. think. But that, nevertheless, that's hard to watch at times. Yeah. Um. But I mean, that's kind of it. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> have much much bad stuff to say about it. I'd like to see more gore, honestly. Yeah. You know, in a movie, and I know that's tough when you're showing violence against children. True. But you know, you, you have like Lance Hendrickson. You know, stabbing Nicolas Cage, you could get more stuff like that. By the way, Lance Hendrickson as Nicolas Cage's dad is kind of perfect. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> like, like yes, yeah. Like as soon as you see them side by side, you're like, oh my god, yes. Why has this not been done yet? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's like as a critic, I or you know, not just like critic, but like a reviewer, I want to find something critical to say but i honestly can't think of a lot yeah and i mean like you know we, we mentioned that the housekeeper and her daughter were there so obviously she's a big dude she's she's just like sitting there making lunch or dinner or whatever and then she just turns and just bludgeons her with the fucking meat yeah. tenderizer and it's it's off screen too so it's like you don't like if you if you blink you miss it you yeah know? but you get that sickening thwack yeah yeah and then when the kids come home she's sitting there mopping up the blood yeah just like it's nothing not hiding it, just right. mopping for blood and then wringing out in and the that, sink. That's the funniest thing is like when they come home, and it was a Chinese lady, uh, you know, broken English. Um, they come home, and you know it's the middle of the day, so she's just sitting there mopping, like furiously mopping. But she turns to them and just smiles, like, "What are you doing home? Yeah, you're supposed to be at school." And she's, and she's like, like, "Why don't you leave?" And she's like, "Nope, got to clean up. If I don't clean this up, no one's gonna clean it." Yeah, and it's it's weird that. I mean, it, it it makes sense, but it's weird how they can be so violent to their own children and just act like everything is normal. Well, to there's, other... there's a guy on the news, and he's talking about how how terrible it is that these people are doing this. Yeah, and they're like, "What about for you?" And he's like, "Oh no, for me, it's justified." Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, he's like, or for me, it was the right thing to do, or something like that. Yeah, it was so right, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Bokeem Woodbine. I don't know who that is. Um, you'd recognize him if you saw him. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but he wasn't in the credits, so, so I, don't, I don't know. I mean, he was only on screen for 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, so number-wise, um, oh, that guy, yeah. yeah. Uh, the rack. With Nicolas Cage. <laughs> right. They're buddies. Uh, number-wise, I'm, I'm having a hard time not saying nine. I'm having a hard time not saying ten. What? I, no, no, no. Don't get, it's, it's not a ten. Oh, okay. I won't give it a 10 <laughs> because it's not a perfect movie. I'm just not finding what is wrong with it. <laughs> but yeah, like not saying nine. To me, it's a, hard. A, like a 10 has to be above and beyond. You have to like rave about it. It can't just be, I can't find anything wrong. It's got to be like, it's everything good and more. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, In my mind. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um. But yeah, I can't find any reason not to give it a nine. <laughs> so good. <laughs> it's really, really fucking good. I didn't think I was going to give it a nine until right now. <laughs> <laughs> that this may be the highest rated movie you've ever had. I mean, yeah, with both of us saying nine. What'd you give Get Out? Um, okay, you gave Get Out an eight. So yeah, I think this is the first time we've had. Oh man, am I saying, am I really saying this is better than Get Out? It, I mean, it, it's. 
it's completely different though. It's true. Get Out is a thinker. It's it's very politically charged. It's very socially, you know, apropos. This this is just a fun romp. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> All right. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say this is better than Get Out, but I I gave them both nines. All right. You're saying that. I'm not saying that. <laughs> you said that. I didn't say that. All right. Is it because he's black? What? Is it because he's black? <laughs> yeah, it's because he's black. <laughs> I'm tired of your racism on this show, Tony. Yeah, you know me. How much I hate people of color. <laughs> I shouldn't even say that as a joke. Somebody's going to make a soundbite of that and play it back for me. <laughs> anyway. All right. So. so that's it. Yeah. Watch Mom and Dad, guys. For sure. It's on VOD right now. It's what, about seven bucks. Yeah, six ninety nine. Yeah. Um, totally worth it though. I would if you if you rent it for like forty eight hours or seventy two hours or however long, I would I would watch it more than once. Yeah, I might I might watch it again. Yeah. Before <laughs> before my uh before my thing expires. I might make my wife watch it. <laughs> anyway. Cool. So that's episode one oh two. For that ass. Yep. All up in it. All up in that ass. <laughs> Did you have fun, Taylor? Quite. That's not what I wanted. You had quite the fun? Quite fun, most good. Happy fork. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, um, we're going to be back here in a couple weeks. Yes. And we hope you'll come back with us. With our Valentine's Day special. Yeah. Do you want to try and get the girls on? We could do that. Seems appropriate. We could oh, they're going to hate the loved ones. Oh, they're going to hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be watching the loved ones uh, as well as Valentine. Which is so bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> it's got Denise Richards, so how good can it be? An angel. <laughs> Oh, I like David Boreanaz, but yeah, Denise Richards is really bad. <laughs> anyway, so all of that and more on the next exciting episode of The Great Plot. Already saying it's exciting. I'm ahead <laughs> of the game this time. <laughs> um, Till then, Taylor, where can people find us? Best place to find us is at graveplotpodcast.com. Uh, we're also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, wherever it is you find your podcast, as long as that place is not Spotify. Make sure to leave <laughs> us a rating and review wherever it is you listen to your podcasts. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram as Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. If you can contribute monetarily, we would be eternally grateful and you can do so at patreon.com slash Grave Plot Podcast. <laughs> Yesterday when I was in the makeup chair, um, the the makeup girl was asking, so you, you do the podcast with Taylor, right? So yeah, yeah. She's like, well, where, where can you listen to that? I'm like, oh, you know, iTunes or basically anywhere you can listen to podcast we're kind of on all of them just like oh like spotify i'm like no not spotify <laughs> yeah spotify doesn't like our music <laughs> well they like the music they just don't like it in our show exactly <laughs> okay so catch us next time guys till then i am skeletoni i am taylor of terror this has been the grave plot podcast where we're all a little dead inside we